I live in very rural Ohio and I live in a corner cut of woods. We heat our house with wood in late fall, winter, and early spring. This isn't like a wood stove either you actually have to go outside and fill it with wood day or night. It boils water and sends it through a radiator in our furnace. It was- Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It was the first snow in the fall. The wind was damn near howling. I was the only person home so I had to fill it in the middle of the night. I saw nothing down the logging trail into my woods. Just a usual night. At first, I was halfway done filling the thing when I swore through the wind I had heard footsteps in the woods. It was windy as hell so I thought it was my imagination. I finished filling the burner and was getting ready to walk inside. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I was starting to feel the bite of the cold and was excited to get back to the warm house. Then I shined the flashlight onto the path. I saw a pair of dim eyes that were a good 5 inches apart, easily 6 to 7 feet tall. 10 to 12 centimeters apart, 1.82 meters tall. It made me freeze, it was unlike any animal I shine I had ever seen before. I took sock of my situation. I had an axe that we had for making kindling, a relatively poor flashlight, and as much wood that I would need to last a winter. I had the wood pile between me and this animal. The house was in the direction that lead away from it, but there was one problem. I had to leave what cover I had to get to the house. I stared at this animal for a good five minutes. Its eyes seemed somewhat stuck to the light, although it looked like it was also looking around a little to the left and right. I was beyond spooked, but I took my chance and ran for the house. Those damned eyes were on me the whole run to the house well around the two-car garage that was next to the house. It stayed put, thank God, and I made it back to the house. I was still quite spooked and I did something I hadn't done in years, I locked every door that lead to the outside. Including the door to the dog fence, we had a 100-pound Doberman at the time and he even looked scared. I called my brother to tell him that I locked every door because of what I saw. He worked third shift at the time and was just getting ready to move out. He told me I was worried about nothing, but he did seem a little shook up about what I told him. To this day I have no clue what was actually out there. Be it a figment of my imagination, a raccoon, or something that was far, larger. The sizes are based on the closest reference point I could find in the daylight. Easy because it was near the closest tree to the edge of the woods, almost like it was trying to hide behind it. I'm still sitting here on my couch, post-witnessing a break and attempt into my own home. I have a weird downstairs neighbor. I rent about two-thirds of the house, but there is a small, ground floor unit that's rented out to an older lady. She seemed perfectly nice at first, just old, a bit cooky and bored. Then, we've received the news that she's been watching us, listening to us closely, and reporting everything back to the old tenant, who is an extremely toxic, bad person. Why? For something to do I guess. We've had multiple problems with her since moving in less than a month ago. Violent fighting with her ex to the point we had to call the police to go check on her. Reporting everything we do to the previous tenant ringing and banging on my door relentlessly, when the mail comes so I can come get mine, like ya, I know the mail is there. Calling and texting multiple times a day to ask to borrow money for cigarettes. Smoking inside, to the point, I've had to use inhalers and allergy meds. A lot of shit. Yes it's been reported to the landlord, they are looking for a reason to throw her out, she's been causing too much shit, last night, she texted asking to borrow money for smokes. I didn't even reply, since she bugged me before and the answer is still no. Then she called and hung up like three to five times. Still, no. This morning, around 8 a.m., banging, doorbell ringing, some more banging from her. Then swearing up and down how, that lazy cunt sleeps all day, this will for sure show her. 30 seconds later, 
heavy running steps up the stairs to my back door. I come out to see what it is, she's got a full toolbox next to her, on my patio, trying to use whatever to break my screen and then patio door lock, so she can come in and steal whatever. When I catch her in the act, she at first was all, I didn't hear you this morning. I thought you were sick and needed help. I told her I know that a lie, why doesn't she tell me what's really happening? She proceeds to call me every name in the world, telling me how I'm beyond spoilt 19 year old, who doesn't know what it's like to work for money. For your information, I'm 30 and I work from home. I've been on my own since 16, I don't understand not working for a living, I've always had two. Anyway, few hours go by, it's around noon. I'm sitting on my couch, reading a book. Suddenly, boom boom boom, the sounds of heavy steps up my patio stairs again. She's again standing there with a bucket of tools, trying to break in. I told her to leave now, or I'm calling the police. More yelling. More name calling. I'm gonna tell your husband everything. Just watch. So clearly, I told my husband everything. He listened and asked only one question. Why haven't I called the police and the landlord yet? She's either very mentally ill, or on whatever substance that got her this intoxicated that she thinks she can break in, and not even get yelled for it at. I have to stay alone in this house for the next four days, whole my husband and brother are away. I'm seriously scared. I've put a plank into my sliding door so you literally cannot slide it open, same with my windows. But if she is this crazy, I don't know what her next move will be. I used to live in the Ottawa River Valley area. I remember driving home late one night in the winter after visiting some family. As anyone who's driven these little Ontario rural roads knows they are super windy with next to no light. I was coming round a bend and my high beam shone through the trees and I saw three dudes in full winter gear hanging back fully armed and poised like they were waiting for someone. I gasped it till I saw an OPP officer pulled over and flagged him down, the scariest part he was said they were most like poaching, in minus 20 weather, at 2am. Needless to say I never took that route again. I live in a home kill farm growing up. We farmed animals for slaughter and slaughtered them ourselves to order. Now this isn't creepy or weird for me and my family but sure was for the people who got lost and came up the drive asking for directions. That dad my granddad had a large order to fill. He had about 10 dead and skinned sheep in the shed and was about to then start the next. Standing over a sheep with a sharp knife. With me as an 8 year old moving the sheep guts out of the way when people come up the drive to ask for directions. We were both covered in blood. Reckon it scared them pretty good but was just another day for us. When I was 3 or 4 we moved to small town in Iowa. We lived in a giant red house and the nearest neighbor was a mile away. My parent had decided that they wanted to try raising chickens so we could have fresh eggs every day. One morning my older brother and I went out to check on them and they were all dead. Whatever had gotten inside hadn't even eaten them, just killed them. The coop was just covered in blood and feathers. 
I still dream about it sometimes 30 years later. My mom later told me that our neighbor's pack of dogs had gone feral and were just out killing animals. My parents talked to them and the neighbor ended up putting down all of the dogs, old yeller style. We didn't live in that house for very long so the only memory I really have of it is that bloody coop. My dad hunts a lot, and one winter he was walking to his tree stand before sunrise. He said he started to hear footsteps behind him so he stopped. He would hear one or two more steps then it stopped. This went on for quite a while with him stopping occasionally to see if it was still there. It followed him to his tree stand and somehow he resisted the urge to take off running. He told me he never climbed a tree stand so fast though. The weirder part came later that evening after he had finished his evening hunt. He was at his lease which is in a town not near where he lives and he doesn't know anyone around there. He said he was sitting beside the fire winding down for the evening when he heard someone shout hey, dad's last name. Said he didn't recognize the voice, but they called out twice and then nothing more. To this day he has no idea who was taunting him. I'll never understand why my dad likes being in the woods alone. We lived in a house that had a loft upstairs. My husband's 65-year-old very Catholic mother was staying with us. She reported hearing heavy boots walk up the stairs, and thought it was her son, but then nothing. Then when my 19-year-old moved and he reported hearing it twice. It scared him. I heard them one night around two. I thought it was my husband coming in from work. The footsteps stopped at the door. I went to look and nothing. Then the second to oldest boy moved up in loft, and he reported hearing them. Again saying not just creaking, it was footsteps. Then one night I heard kids laughing, and thought the kids left a tablet or TV on. Nothing. I don't think my husband believed me. We were laying in bed one night and we both heard it. It was like playful laughter. He said, I'll get it. He came back looking pale. I said, I told you. I never felt scared. I don't know what was causing it. I know it was not just settling of a house. It was definitely footsteps. We lived there for three years and that was it. I'm not one to generally believe in stiff unless I can prove it, but it was strange. I did feel better when we moved out, but that could have been my imagination. I live in the middle of scenic nowhere, Georgia, and my house is surrounded by the forest. I think the creepiest things I've encountered are tied for the top. Back when I was in middle school, my brother and I were out in the woods. It was extremely foggy, and he went off to do something. So I'm looking around in the fog, turn to face home, and I hear what sounds like a woman screaming right behind me. I mean right behind me. I bolt for home and I don't look back until I'm in the yard and my brother's breaking out of the tree line at about the same time asking what the F was that? We went into the house and haven't really been in the woods since. But recently and I'm 22 now we were all in our rooms trying to sleep. It's like 2 AM, and me, my mother, and grandmother are woken up by howling right outside the house. 
Can't have been more than 10 feet from the porch it was so loud. Having no idea what could be howling like that, my mom and I stood in the kitchen with the lights off to listen, and it howled again. We realized it wasn't an animal, it sounded like a person mimicking a dog's howl. The next night we heard a gunshot near the barn, and again in the early morning. My grandmother took our dog out to check it out and found the crawlspace door which has a latch wide open. That hasn't happened before, so we've ordered a new lock for that. My husband and I were driving in rural Tennessee, on a long stretch of road with no driveways, streets or other ways to turn off the road. We passed a truck with a woman doing something to her gas cap. We drove on about 5 miles, and passed the same truck, same woman doing something to her gas cap. No one had passed us in that 5 miles. It was a distinctive color on the truck, and she was a blonde, wearing shorts and a hot pink t-shirt, it absolutely was the same truck, same woman. My husband and I refer to this incident as a tear in the time-space continuum. I saw a man walking across the highway, passing the median, in the middle of the night, probably only 50 feet in front of me, but when I drove past there was no one around. There's no way he could have hidden anywhere fast enough because the speed limit is 70 miles per hour and I'm in Kansas so there aren't really any trees or anything to obscure someone who had just crossed the highway, and I couldn't make out any details such as clothes, I could only really see a shadowy figure that was the height and build of a grown man, it was taking strides like a human would when walking at a normal pace, but it disappeared so fast that I'm convinced I saw some kind of ghost crossing the highway. I hell not all the way home. I work in a max security prison so not much scares me but I'm a city girl and these ye ye country ghosts don't jive with me at all. I was really scared. I'm also a storm chaser and I drive all over Tornado Alley and I've never seen anything like this before in all of my hours on the highways out here. My parents' old home was in the boonies, but we were in a neighborhood, just the houses were super spaced out. Anyway, my grandmother lived in a little cottage in the back of the land and about a year before she died, she kept telling us that someone was breaking into her house and moving things. Now she was really damaged with cancer at the time and my parents figured that was causing her to imagine things. But she kept swearing things were moving when she would come back to the house. Dad checked the house, no sign of forced entry, nothing. Flash forward two years and my brother moves in. Everything's great and then his new puppy starts getting really sick. One day he comes home, and sees that the puppy is in his kennel, but he threw up and inside his kennel is my brother's high school letterman jacket. From his closet. Then a few days later, a blanket from his bed is across the room. He didn't do it. The dog in the kennel didn't do it. But no forced entry. Nothing. Flash forward another year. First brother moves out. Second moves in. Then it really kicks up a notch. Someone moved a photo from his fridge to his sink. Reorganized his room. Turned his TV around. My brother is a little rough around the edges so he decides he wants to booby trap the house. 
That's illegal. So instead, he places a tiny line of flour on the inside of each door walkway. Comes home one day and there's footprints coming in and out of the house. And once night, we chased a shadowy figure off the land. We changed the locks several times. My dad is a cop, and he said unfortunately because nobody has done anything wrong, they can't quite file a report. They eventually installed floodlights and cameras but I guess whoever was doing it decided no more. It would all be a funny experience if a, they weren't harassing an old, sick lady b we think they're the reason the dog got sick, because he went to another home after and they never had any issues and see I don't care who you are, don't break into people's houses. There were two buildings on our property and I was walking between the two of them one night when I was maybe 14 or so and all of a sudden I got this weird feeling I was being watched, hairs on the back of my neck standing up and all. I turn and look and I see eyes glinting back at me from the underbrush, maybe 5 or so meters away from me. I stare this thing down for about 10 seconds, then it just vanishes. No sound, no signs of movement, no nothing. The eyes were just gone. Pretty sure from their shape and orientation they belong to a cougar, which is not really something you want to have a close encounter with. Only one thing I've ever seen my whole life I can't explain. I was probably a freshman in high school and I was walking on our massive property in a snowstorm. I'd come to the intersection of a dark woods path and slight clearing, with more woods on the other side. That's where I saw it. The only way to describe it would be the opposite of a human figure. Just a human-shaped empty space in reality. The falling snow couldn't touch it and it moved away from me faster than any man ever could even though I was frozen with fear. Never ran home so fast in my life except for accidentally stalking deer in a field alongside a mountain lion. I was sitting on my porch with my rabbit one night when I heard a noise in the woods, it sounded big, I thought it might be a bear, it's nearly impossible to get into the woods in my backyard without someone seeing, and I stood up to see and as soon as I stood up it stoked, I sat down again and a few seconds later I heard it again, I stood up, it stoked. This happened a couple more times and I just went in. Another time me and my mom were in our backyard. And this may sound weird, but it was 3 a.m., when we heard some whispering in the woods, we freaked out and started speed walking to the door, and to get to the door we had to walk all the way around the house and this whispering noise followed us all the way there. We never saw anything, we just heard the whispering. This all did really happen. Right after Hurricane Ike we were missing a bunch of cows. I was walking the little stand of oak trees right next to the bayou and found a few cows dead on the ground. Just a few more feet into the trees I saw something big hanging out of the tree, so I moved around to see what it was. In a near perfect circle there were four cows dead hung 10 to 15 feet in the air, hooves just a few feet of the ground but heads or forelegs stuck in wise of the trees. It looked like something put them there they were so evenly spaced. 
The only thing I reckon could have happened is that the cows were tired of swimming and were trying to pull themselves up on anything solid and got stuck. When the water went down they just hung there until they died. It was bizarre I'll see if I can find the pictures later. The culture. So many people here have like 4 or 5 plus children. The oldest is usually 15 to 18 years younger than their parents. The main reason? Child labor. You are technically considered employed if you work at a farm. Even if you don't get paid for it. Agriculture is the biggest source of child labor in the US while libertarians insist that kids will learn more on a job site than in a classroom. Every family has the golden boy. Sometimes it's the oldest. Sometimes it's the youngest. Sometimes it is even the second oldest. They are the ones who get to go to college. Everyone else has to settle for a high school diploma. Sometimes maybe another will get to go to college. For everyone else? There's Walmart and Dollar General. Or you can stay at the family business. You just don't really get paid for it. Despite how much money the property is worth? You will only get to see it if you sell it. Otherwise you have to grow things you can sell for a lot and not what people actually need. And still don't get to keep much. It's like being in Stardew Valley. Except you're one of the villagers. And every villager is Shane and capped at two hearts. They're all hung over or too tired because they were up at four and any noise, any noise, wakes them up. I lived about an hour away from civilization at the time. I was jogging in the woods about a mile out from where I lived. I happened across a mountain lion. At first I was in awe because it was gorgeous. You don't usually see those things. Like ever. And it you do it's for a split second. So I just kind of stood there marveling at this creature. Then it started walking towards me. Still didn't feel any alarm at all. I felt quite calm. I knew that if a mountain lion approached a human it was most likely due to having cubs in the area. And she just wanted me gone. So I just walked backwards hoping I didn't trip on anything. Having my arms raised. Speaking sternly but not aggressively. The usual stuff I've been told to do during an encounter. Well then I realized that she was actually a he. I internally started freaking out a bit started raising my voice and I started walking towards it to show I was the dominant creature in the woods. Veilp that didn't sit well with the kitty it seems. It bolted towards me but not actually at me if that makes any sense. I thought it was coming around for a bite on the back of the neck or something so I took out my knife, a zero tolerance 0452 CF, and I just kept my body facing the cat. He ended up going right past me over the bank. And that was that. I had so much adrenaline in my system that I'd forgotten about the knife in my hand. And dropped it onto my shoe and into my toe. So that's my most terrifying and most embarrassing moment I had in that period of my life ha. I live in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. It's not as rural as it once was but it still has a history of being remote and wild, and some areas remain so, especially out and away from the resorts, 
water parks, and lakeside vacation developments. I do a lot of hiking, camping, etc. out here. Posted this before, but I once escorted a church group, ages young kids through adults, on a weekend overnight outing to a camp in the area. The camp was set at the confluence of two streams and was somewhat rugged. The group had lots to do, a climbing wall, boating, hiking, sports, all kinds of stuff, including a nature center and little museum. The nature center had interactive displays, fish tanks, small animals, etc., and a touch table, a large wooden table with sides, on which was scattered all sorts of artifacts the guests could pick up and handle. These items included deer antlers, bones, turtle shells, feathers, arrowheads and pottery, rocks, seeds and nuts, tanned hides, etc. Little kids especially loved it. All of the items were found by guests or staff while out in the camp, and returned to the nature center. I handled the items also, and I noticed one bone had a really odd shape. I am an environmental scientist by profession, and an outdoorsman and naturalist for fun, have studied biology and physiology, and can generally recognize what bones came from what parts of what animals. This bone was a human mandible, the lower jawbone of a person. It was severely worn smooth and had no teeth, but easily recognizable as such. It had been there for years, handled by thousands of people, and no one noticed or at least reported it. I reported it to the director who removed it and notified the state police. They investigated it, agreed it seemed very old, and as no one was reported missing in the immediate area, the camp was allowed to keep it. Possible explanation, the facility was the site of a timbering and ice harvesting camp up until the 1920s, and may have been the remains of a worker who died and was buried right there. Or maybe Native American. But who knows the real story? And as far as I know, it's still on the table. When I was younger we lived in an area where the nearest neighbor was a mile or so away. My family and I were having a family night and suddenly there was banging on our door. My dad, who was a policeman, opened the door and there was a woman there in nothing but a bra. She was a known prostitute in the city. She decided to drive this man to a secluded area to rob him but failed. He tried to kill her but she was able to get away from him. She said she didn't think anyone lived this far out and was happy she saw our house. Since I was a kid at that time, my mama sent us to my room. We were looking out my window and saw the man walking down the dirt road with a gun but he turned around and left. The police finally got there and took the woman to safety. I saw her about two weeks later in the city with another man. I decided to walk home from my boyfriend's house instead of accepting the usual ride from him. It was only a 5 to 10 minutes walk. It was dusk, almost dark. I'm walking and just got this really eerie feeling. Like I knew I was being watched. I paused and heard a crack coming from the woods. I started to panic and started walking faster, which made me panic more. I looked over and saw this black animal moving alongside of me in the woods. I froze solid. I lost sight of it for a few moments when it popped out of the woods in front of me. 
It was the neighbor's wicked friendly dog. I pet it for a second and sprinted the F home. I have never been so scared in my life. My parents live on a farm with three barn structures. We once had someone who robbed a bank try to hide out on their property. It happened while I wasn't home, but my parents were and I'm so glad they never actually encountered the guy. Their house is set far back from the road, with a paved driveway that's about a half mile long and spans the whole property, so you can enter from one street and exit to the street on the other side. It's not uncommon that people have mistaken it for a road. The creepiest thing that happened to me at the house was that one night when I was home alone after dark as a teen, a car I didn't recognize pulled up. Instead of leaving right away, they parked at the barn closest to the house. It was a couple of men and they got out of their car for a few minutes and everything. I was totally prepared to hear the door alarm go off downstairs, so I hid in a closet with the cordless phone to dial 911 if they tried. Thankfully, they did eventually leave, but I have no clue what they were doing for so long when it became apparent that they were not in the right place. I don't live a rural country area but my friend's uncle does, they live near this large natural water reservoir which is pretty much 300 meters directly from their backyard. You have many 10-15 feet deep, 30 feet wide water puddles along the way. The way is pretty much a dirt path, kind of a hiking trail, and it goes over a little hill to the natural reservoir. They say, there lives a ghost of a woman, they hear her sobbing and crying noises during the night, sometimes they hear sound of big splash, like somebody jumping into the water, chest first, but nobody dares to investigate the vivid noises. Nobody hangs around the trail after dusk. Used to live about five minutes of walking distance away from the nearest village. So, it was close enough for a thief to go there, but not close enough for a neighbor to see him. So, here are the most scary parts. We went to a concert, but my sister was sick and didn't go. The thief didn't know that. He ran away as soon as he saw a light of the TV where she was watching the concert. All my sister saw was that a mattress by the window had been tripped over by someone. We returned home late at night. Nothing was missing, but someone had fed the dog guarding the hardware storage area. Guess that didn't work. The part of the path to our home was complete darkness due to trees and the lack of lights. And since father was working shifts, it would often happen that a woman or a kid would go through that alone in the evening. Once they approved construction at our crop fields, we sold a part of the land to get some neighbors. Except that they turned out to be some shady people. So, we'd often have three big guys come here and threaten us, because they'd mistaken the address. Didn't help that it took Google Maps two years of constant petitions to update the addresses. Me and my friends used to ride four-wheelers in the mountains, we were around the age of 14, and one day I guess we just got tired of the same old trails so we decided to venture out a bit, it was probably midday, and we were having the time of our life but we got to caught up in the fun and lost our sense of direction and location so we started to head back in the direction we thought we had came. 
We drove for hours trying to figure it out. It's now late in the evening approaching nightfall. We're now getting worried and decided to stop and try to get signal to phone out. Ick we should have just tried to phone 911 but we fear the retaliation we would face from our parents, basically being stupid kids. After failing to make a successful phone call we decided to hope back on the ATVs and drive some more but one of my buddy's ATVs wouldn't start and we wasn't going to leave him or his ATV. Fear of retaliation from parents. So we looked and looked over this thing as much as we could. Night had fallen upon us. So to recap we were lost in the middle of the woods with a broke down ATV. Now I should state that there's three of us all with our own ATV. We are starting to freak out a little and to make matters worse we started hearing footsteps around us. We told ourselves it was just a deer or something, trying to reassure ourselves, but one of my buddies whispered to us every time we get quiet the footsteps stop. I got this sinking feeling in my stomach because the animals in this area don't tend to hang around people so this was somewhat unnerving to me so we put his theory to the test and sure enough every time we got quiet the footsteps stopped my buddy started fumbling for his flashlight but me being dumb yelled out get the hell out of here or something along the lines. Right after these words left my mouth. The words y'all don't belong here in a raspy tone followed by an almost silent chuckle that I can't describe with words. As soon as we heard this my friend finally got his flashlight situation figured out and I'll never forget that the man that stood 15 to 20 yards in front of us. We could only see from the bottom of his stomach and up. He was very skinny but what stood out the most was his bloodshot eyes and enormous smile. Keep in mind this all happened in the course of 5 seconds or so but he only stood in the light for just a few brief moments before darting back behind the foliage. Now me and my friends are in survival mode just trying to get the hell out of there and during the time we were trying to fix his ATV we overlooked the little things. His kill switch had been knocked into the off position at some point. This is just for people who are unfamiliar with ATVs. Most ATVs have a key switch and an initial red kill switch if this red switch is off even with the key being on and hitting the starter the ATV won't start. Anyways I noticed this during the frenzy and slammed that bitch, hit the starter and told my friends we need to get the hell out of there quick. We started hauling ass out of there and by all miracles and a miracle it was we popped out at the old abandoned sawmill. Meth addicts use the sawmill as a haven according to every adult I had ever talked to which explains the guy in the woods nearby. We took the main roads home, hauled us all the way back to our road on the mountain and promised each other not to tell our parents what happened. We knew if they found out our ATVs would be taken and a thorough ass whooping would be given, basically being dumb teens. We ended up all getting home around 10.30 p.m. Parents were pissed but I just told them that we lost track of time and didn't realize how late it had gotten. No one will ever believes it, but my friends and I encountered a Wendigo while camping on the Appalachian Trail in 98 or 99. There were three of us. We were in the tent. All of us asleep when we hear heavy footprints like a horse and the air goes from warm and humid to shivering cold. I could see my breath. The tree frogs, crickets, whippoorwills all just stop making noise. The moonlight cast a shadow of a short, gangly figure about four feet tall walking by the side of the tent. 
hooven feet, skinny arms, long fingers like Freddy Krueger, and what appeared to be small antlers. Its labored breathing was all I could hear until I heard one of my buddies whisper the F is this? You seeing this shit? The unmistakable stench of roadkill filled the air. Then, it started fumbling with the zipper of the tent. After a few seconds there was a low, guttural growl almost like frustration. I swear to God it said let me in. My buddy grabbed a road flare, lit it, and busted out of the tent screaming get the hell out of here. We didn't see anything but movement in the bushes. Then the tree frogs and night jars went back to making their usual racket. The whole rest of the trip it felt like something was following us. Stumbling on a small illegal pot grow in the woods of NorCal and not only realizing someone was there recently but maybe they were still there. The area was wet because it rained the night before but we found a dry backpack with a pipe on it and the pipe had a dry bowl pack that looked like someone hit it once. It appeared someone must have heard us approaching and dropped the pipe to go hide and watch. At that point we thought we were being watched from somewhere so we scurried through the bushes and on the way out saw a bike spray painted camo stashed in the tree line. We were certainly being watched. When I first started my career there weren't many job opportunities, so I had to take what I could get. Ended up in northern Minnesota deep in the woods at the end of a dead-end dirt road with only one other neighbor permanently living off that road. The day before Halloween my husband was walking our dog along the dirt road when he was approached by a distressed and dirty-looking woman asking for help. Can you please drive me to town? Don't call the police. My husband ran inside to grab his keys and tell me what was going on. When he went back outside she was gone. We looked for her until dark, but no luck. On Halloween I came home from work and a man was standing outside our neighbor's house screaming, I know you're in there. He was looking all over the outside of the house, even under the porch. I was terrified. My husband came home shortly afterward and we went into town to grab some dinner and discuss what we should do next. When we returned we were greeted by about 15 to... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 20 law enforcement vehicles. Police, sheriff, undercover, you name it. 
They had a floodlight pointed at our neighbor's house and were screaming through a megaphone, come out X, we know you're in there. We watched this scene for about an hour through our living room window until the SWAT team pulled up and we could see them creeping around the house in the woods. Then several of them charged the back door, breaking it down and continued to break down every door in the house until they appeared again at the front door with a man in custody. He was thrown in the back of the SWAT car and everyone left. We looked up his arrest record based on the name they had been shouting and found out he was arrested for making and selling meth, kidnapping, breaking a restraining order, using a deadly weapon against a police officer, and fleeing. The man was returned to his home shortly after on house arrest. More chaos ensued and we ended up having to break our lease and move out of town. The police were more interested in catching the higher-up drug dealers he was involved with than our safety, but that's a whole other story. Back in the 1990s my in-laws had a cabin up in northern Minnesota in the Tower Sudan area and I'd recently taken to mountain biking and was doing it at every opportunity. It was a night with a full moon and I had a small headlight so figured I'd go on a night ride up the local campground where there was a bike trail into town some miles away. As I was riding I noted the moon was so bright it was actually casting the shadow of me and my bike on the ground and you could hear the sound of crickets all around me, it was very quiet. The night air was cool and crisp. I had ridden a couple of miles east, away, from the campground when all of a sudden I start hearing what sound like dogs howling but more aggressive sounding. Then before long I start hearing echoes of more of this, near, far all around me. Definitely coyote or possible wolves since we were only 15 miles away from Ely where they have the wolf center. All I know is I turned tail and headed back to the cabin at the fastest speed I could muster. The next day, I went on a ride in broad daylight on the same trail and saw wolf scat in a number of locations where I'd ridden. They were not far away when I was hearing them the night before. I took care not to ride along in the evenings after the sun went down after that. I have spent a loot of time living in the woods. Grew up deep, bought a house even deeper. Like, I own all of the property in roughly a 7 kilometers radius of my house, deep. Weird shit happens a fair amount because, well, wild animals. But the thing that creeps me out the most is the crazy butchering of my chickens. I had a couple dozen of them and had kept them for about two years before something decided to have a go and kill every single one within a couple of days. The first time, I'd just gotten home from work after getting off at midnight. My husband was in bed, I was watching TV and I hear the chickens start making some noise. Whatever, someone was probably trying to mess with the pecking order and their squabbling. I had time to think that before utter chaos. I heard one of them really start screaming and a couple of seconds after, I hear this wham up against the outside wall. Cue more chickens screaming more slamming and I get up to fire some clothes on and get outside to save my girls from a coyote, or some shit. By the time I made it outside, which would have only been maybe two minutes later, if that, I had three chickens absolutely mangled with bloody smears up against the rock wall, where it looked like something had smacked them. I took a second, cried, scooped them up and locked everyone else up in the coop, again. 
In the morning, I looked. The fencing was intact, the coop door looked fine, the chicken door looked fine, I couldn't figure out how whatever got in had done it, but chalked it up to me screwing up. It occurred to me later at work, none of the chickens looked like something tried to eat them. Weird. I get home from work and see the lights on, which is weird because my husband is normally in bed, by now. I go in and he explains that when he got home, something had gotten into the pen and we'd lost 10 chickens. I was devastated. I go look and, again, blood smeared on the side of the house. No dig holes around the fence. Everything was locked, solid. There wasn't any way for the chickens to get in or out, but they obviously had. I asked my husband if the bodies had been eaten. They hadn't. Fast forward the next day, I get a call while at work. It's my husband. My stomach sinks because we never call each other at work, unless it's an emergency. The rest of chickens are dead. Same thing, beaten to death against the side of the house. Not eaten. Just murdered. There was no way for a wild animal to have gotten in there, and I know I locked my hands in their coop before I left for work. To this day, I'm convinced someone walked into the pen and murdered my chickens. I know wild animals can be crafty, but I've never seen anything like that, or have I seen it, since. New Year's party in a small hamlet in the Highland of Scotland. Visited a friend of a friend's house before the bells. When we arrived there was a bit of an argument between the couple who we knew and the mother of the guy. After a bit of a kerfuffle the mother seemingly left and that was that. Hours pass and I go out back for a smoke and can hear this muffled scream, it's dark but I can see the car in the driveway was shaking a bit. I call out and the car starts rocking really hard, the muffled screams get louder. I had no idea what was going on, I edged closer, the boot swings open and a bound and gagged woman starts charging at me screaming. I barley moved and she runs right past me, the back door swings open, the son chases and tackles her to the ground. He apologizes. I quickly go inside tell my wife and friend we have to leave. Heard the police sirens closing in as we made a sharp exit and never looked back. We live in a rural area in the north of England which has a long history especially concerning World War I and World War II. The road leading to residential housing isn't easily accessible unless you know the area well. It's very difficult to access from a main road, is up a steep hill and is in terrible condition, potholes everywhere. A couple of years ago driving up the road we saw an elderly man ahead of us. It was a warm day and he was walking with a stick so we slowed down and waited until he was at a part of the road that was wide enough for us to pass him. We thought it was odd he would be there, it's a difficult road to walk up and it isn't close to any main road. He heard the car, turned around and moved into the trees on the side of the road to allow us to pass then waved us on. It wasn't until this point in driving past him that we noticed he was in full British Army General Military Service uniform and had several medals pinned on the left of his jacket. He also wore a hat. We thought this was pretty cool so slowed down the car as I wanted to say hello and see if he was okay. 
We had driven past him five seconds before and when we stopped he was gone, like literally had disappeared. Although uphill, you can see the whole road clearly and he wasn't anywhere. We were mega freaked out, I'm almost certain he was a ghost. I lived in rural Colorado. My mother was a teacher at a school 20 minutes away from home. Sometimes I'd help her in the classroom after hours. One night we were heading home after dark. There aren't many light in general so it was very easy to see a green orb shoot up into the sky a few miles ahead of us. I would have written it off as a firework had it not zigzagged and shot off in another direction. It was very fast but the movement really didn't look right. I looked over at my mom after it happened and she looked surprised and asked me if I saw that. We never really talked about it again. I may ask her if she remembers it when I call tomorrow. I worked in a really remote part of the Northern Territory, Australia. A gravedigger discovered a body in this little bush cemetery. The detectives couldn't make it out until morning, so I was assigned crime scene guard to stay in the cemetery overnight. This cemetery was at the end of a long dirt road off the highway, surrounded by bush. It had maybe a dozen grave sites, mostly from the 19th and 20th century, and many more termite mounds. No phone reception, and no residences or townships for many miles. The stars were brilliant. I'm sitting alone with the dead body when at about 2 AM these blood-curdling screams start up from the bushland. It sounds like a woman in extreme distress, screaming as if in agony. First there is one scream, then multiple screams from different locations around me. I hit the ground hard with my heart pounding. Eventually got the nerve up to move towards the one of the sources of sound and shine the torch in the general direction. I have seen a herd of not deer before. I lived in the far west and on a family ranch when I was about 18, been born into the farm life, and knew I could handle the farm cause I had been helping since I could keep my head straight while standing. I had been to this farm a lot before cause it was owned by my dad but ran by his brother, my uncle. He passed a year or two before I started living there but I had seen some weird shit from my time at my dad's ranch and then one I'm at now. The not deer one was pretty recent though. One night I had been up late smoking and listening to the radio when I just felt off. It was a bit windy but other than that I could not understand why I had felt so often worried. But I had my phone on me so I stood out on my porch steps, and turned on the flashlight for my phone and I just saw dozens of eyes looking at me. That is normal for deer but they were not on right. The ones I saw were standing in huge, they looked at me and went back to all fours before letting out a shrill huffing noise and all of them ran off at once. Their legs moved weirdly and shit, I don't sit out on the porch no more, I even stopped smoking till it was bright out cause I hadn't seen one in daylight yet. Where I live, there's a hill behind my house. No more homes. Just a hill. It's a lovely view from my back window and it goes 100% vertical about 5 feet away from my fence. 
During the UK lockdown, I had decided to take on some online classes with a theatre club. On one of the occasions, I was either waiting for the class to begin or I was waiting for the interval to be over. My room was silent except from the quiet machine noises from my laptop. All of a sudden, I heard a childish giggle. I took my headphones off and was genuinely spooked. I listened and heard it again. It was coming from my open window. I had my blinds closed and I couldn't see out above, because otherwise the light would have been too bright when I turned my webcam on. I pulled my curtains up and squinted my eyes as I heard the giggle again. There was a small girl sitting on top of the hill behind me. I sighed in relief and turned to shut my blinds again but as I looked back to see her, she had disappeared. I closed my windows and my blinds and kept them closed for the remainder of the online classes. Never was able to see but I heard something when I was 12 I was home alone in a trailer my parents had rented. It had a wooded area behind it in the front you saw some houses. My parents primarily went shopping on Saturday nights so nothing was out of the ordinary. Well about an hour past of them being gone, I was sitting on our couch watching TV with my dog. All was going good but it was getting late and it was pitch black out. I had gotten a call from my parents saying they were on their way home, literally right after I hung up I heard a loud hit on our back door. My dog shot up and started growling at the dark hallway that lead to that door. Me being terrified I called my parents back frantically. I told them I heard a loud hit on our back door where the woods was and told them to hurry home. About five or so minutes passed and I heard it again. It literally sounded like something was trying to take down the door. Again crying I called my parents who were literally just pulling in the driveway, they went out back and saw nothing. For a while I wouldn't stay home by myself. About three months later we were all home watching a movie. Roughly half an hour into the movie the loud hit on the door happened again. Except this time it was harder and louder. My dad went to look outside and saw nothing, no signs of anyone or anything. We had moved out a couple of months later and never heard that sound for the last couple months we were there, but it still freaked me out for a couple of months. One time me and buddies got lost in a very rural area about an hour away from our farm town. We were looking for a hiking trail to a mountain we've never seen before. We had no service so we just decided to keep going till we found a house to ask for directions. Before we could find a house we saw a group of people walking out of the woods by a pull-off and thought that might be the trail so we pull over. To give more context it was the middle of the summer probably about 85 degrees Fahrenheit out, full sun beaming down and not much of a breeze. As we're pulling over we notice they are all wearing thick winter jackets and once the see us they all turn around except for the biggest guy just slowly walks toward us. My buddy rolls down his window and asks the guy for directions. As he's still just slowly walking toward us he says you can't get there from here needless to say we sped off back the direction we came. Finally found a house with an old man sitting out front. Pulled over asked him how to get back to town and told him what happened. He was a really nice guy so we ended up drinking a beer with him. 
He told us not even the locals like to go down that road. Lots of weird happenings. One time me and buddies got lost in a very rural area about an hour away from our farm town. We were looking for a hiking trail to a mountain we've never seen before. We had no service so we just decided to keep going till we found a house to ask for directions. Before we could find a house we saw a group of people walking out of the woods by a pull-off and thought that might be the trail so we pull over. To give more context it was the middle of the summer probably about 85 degrees Fahrenheit out, full sun beaming down and not much of a breeze. As we're pulling over we notice they are all wearing thick winter jackets and once the see us they all turn around except for the biggest guy just slowly walks toward us. My buddy rolls down his window and asks the guy for directions. As he's still just slowly walking toward us he says you can't get there from here needless to say we sped off back the direction we came. Finally found a house with an old man sitting out front. Pulled over asked him how to get back to town and told him what happened. He was a really nice guy so we ended up drinking a beer with him. He told us not even the locals like to go down that road. Lots of weird happenings. I was born in the ass end of Georgia and raised in the empty open sticks of Arkansas. I lived in a small house with my sister and two brothers who were all older than me. At this point in time I was eight and my brothers were very critical of me and didn't include me in much. One day as it was approaching midnight my brother woke me up on a school night and asked me if I wanted to go hunting. I had never been because every time they went they didn't want me there, or didn't feel they had a gun I could use efficiently. With them we trekked out into the woods beside our little patch of property and about a mile inside those woods my oldest brother Jesse put his hand up telling us to stop. I froze as soon as he put his hand up because soon he pointed up to a tree that had a weird mass of fur that looked vaguely humanoid. We were terrified and while my brothers will never admit it I could feel their fear probably just like whatever was in that tree could, because soon it opened its eyes and they shined red and that was enough for me and my brothers to start tumbling over each other back to our damn house. I looked over my shoulder for a second and saw that whatever was there was now on the ground and running at us fast. Me and my brother crammed inside the house and locked the doors as fast as we could and when we looked outside nothing. Still a horrible experience all these years later. I grew up in New England, way in the woods. We lived in a small town that was mostly woods and I'd often go exploring. You never knew what you'd find out there. I found foundations from houses in the 1700s, old cars stuck in the woods with trees growing out of them, maybe 1930s slash 1940s. The creepiest thing I ever found out there was a dilapidated shack that had some kind of creepy looking totem in the back made of dead animal bones and skin. Maybe it was more of a nidstang. Who knows? It was about three feet wide, looked like deer, rabbit, and raccoon skulls. The skin slash fur was barely recognizable and just clumps here and there. All I know is that when you encounter a dilapidated building and there's some creepy ass totem in it, you get the hell out of there. It had obviously been there for a long, long time. 
If I had to guess, the shack was probably late 1800s. Just a wild guess since it all used to be farmland sectioned off with stone walls slash fences and there were other late 1800s buildings still up in town. I had many, but all these happened around 30 years ago, when my father relocated us back to his village and he built a house right next to his mother's. We still shared an outhouse with our grandmother. My mother was the sort of person who had to take the number 2 and 2 to 3 in the morning, and she didn't want to bother us to accompany her so she just went alone. One unfateful night, she had to go, she carried a flashlight with her, and he saw a man dressed in all white walking between our house and grandmother's. Only, this man has no legs and he wasn't walking, he was floating, and totally ignoring my mother. My mother just watched it walk right past the outhouse and straight to our coconut plantation. Also, this was during our early days living in the new house. We had water however it took some times for the electricity to come in, so we had to use the generator. But my father had this strict policy of no light after dinner, so we used candle to light up our room, this was before global warming hit us and for anyone asking. Night here was very cold you don't need an air conditioner. My sister walked into her room holding a candle, and she saw, in the darkness, a shadow of a man, all black, just a shadow, lying on her bed. It got up when my sister entered the room, then it walked away and just disappeared. Mine was, we had a double bunk bed and I like sleeping on the top bunk. It was in that one night, when my mother woke me up and asked me to sleep with her, I was around 6 or 7 at that time. She told me the next morning that I was sleep talking, only I wasn't talking in my voice. She heard me saying, thank you granny and then I cackled like a witch. My mother thought I was possessed. The weird thing was I didn't even remember what I was dreaming of that night. We never had any paranormal incident happening again. It wasn't until few years later, my father was chatting with his friend who was also a part-time shaman. His friend told him that the site of which my father built our house actually belonged to an entity that we cannot see, but the entity saw us as an earnest young family trying to make a living and taking care of our ailing grandmother that had thought, okay you can stay here. I still live here, the same house, alone, my parents passed away and my sister is currently living in the city, and people always ask me if I had ever, you know, Haunted since both my parents passed away in this house, but no. I love this house. Can't find anywhere else that I can call home. Alright so, I've told this story before but one time I was in Fowler, Kansas and I was walking back to my grandpa's house because it was only a little bit away from it. So as I was walking a truck started to follow me. I started to kind of jog away and it sped up and then went around the block and then slowed down and started to follow again. So I started to run, not as fast as I could but just to see if they would still follow and speed up. And they did, so I started to sprint faster than I ever have in my entire life. Like I was almost running faster than this truck. Then I just turned a random corner and I could tell the truck wasn't expecting this because they just suddenly stopped and turned towards where I was going. 
At this point I was only a block away from my grandpa's house so I just be lined straight there. At some point the truck turned away and I got into his house. I didn't tell anyone about this because they wouldn't believe me. I just chugged a few glasses of water and promptly passed out. I live in a pretty rural part of central Sweden, and not too far from where I live, in the outskirts of a forest and text to a dirt road lies a plot of land riddled with abandoned cars. Probably about 20 or 30 ones. Me and my friend used to go there to look at them when we were about 15 or 16. There were also about two large tents, for vehicles I think? And a large blue locked container. We used to go there in the night, to avoid being caught, and we even opened some of the cars to look inside, but nothing were to be found but trash or the occasional tool. We also discovered that many of the cars had racist stickers on them, which made us both very uneasy. The third or fourth time we went there we felt pretty confident that it was abandoned and that it was safe to explore, so we did it in the daytime. For some reason we felt creeped out, more than usual, and left after about five minutes. On our way home we saw a car speeding down the road, and it stopped right in front of us, rolled down the window, and the man inside told us to come over. This was only a few meters away from the plot with the cars. We were pretty startled, but complied, and walked over to him. He told us that he had put up some security cameras, which we somehow had not noticed, to deter people from vandalizing the vehicles, since he wanted to give some of the cars in better shape away to his grandchildren, he was only about 40. We found this very odd considering the racist stickers decorating most of the vehicles. The weirdest thing was that he was extremely shaken up and nervous, to an unreasonable extent. He told us to keep away, and then he drove off and we never saw the man again. I still wonder what was in that blue container. I grew up on a ranch and highway one ran right past the driveway but we had no neighbors for a good mile in both directions. One Sunday night I was watching TV and my parents were in bed already and I heard pounding on our back porch door. We had really big lights in the kitchen that were on with a big window so they had to know we were home. I was about 14 and I ran to get a shotgun and my dad was right behind me. Eventually we went out the front door and around to the back and there was nobody around but the wooden porch door had big marks in it like someone used a crowbar on it. Nothing became of it but it was just very weird because there was no car around and even though the neighbor that was a mile away had a boy my age we were friends. I always wondered about him because he was a bit odd but I don't think it was him. And like I say, the kitchen was lit up like the 4th of July. My parents were always gone on Sundays and were usually back home by 7pm. I can't imagine how scared I would have been if this happened before they got home. Home alone. Honestly, I know it doesn't seems bad, but just listen. I live in a small village, full of old houses and forests. It's just like living in the middle of nowhere. I also have a younger brother. My parents went out one night, they had to meet up with someone, so I had to babysit my brother, seven at the time. 
It was around 9 p.m., winter, snowing, and completely dark outside. I remember that I tucked my brother into his bed, and went downstairs to grab a few snacks. After a while, I was chatting with my girlfriend, when I hear a loud noise from outside. I got up, and went to the window to check it out, but it was nothing. So I ignored it. Again, a few minutes later, a loud noise, even closer to the window. I got scared, being only 13, and I called mom to ask her when they would be home. For my bad luck, she didn't answer, and I called dad, but he didn't answer neither. So I went to check my brother, who was asleep. After checking the windows and the doors, I fell asleep too. I woke up around 2 a.m., by my phone ringing. It was an unknown number. I answered, but no one talked. After saying hello? A few times, I got tired, and decided to hang up, but I heard a low growling from the other side. Right then, there was this goddamn loud noise again, this time from inside. I share my room with my brother, so I woke him up, and told him to be quiet, and hid him in the closet. Grabbed my baseball bat, and quietly locked the door. After a few minutes of complete horror, I heard footsteps on the hallway. I texted my mom, begging her to come home. She saw the message, and texted back what's going on? So I just wrote intruder, when there was this loud noise again, right outside my room. I was crying and so was my brother. There I screamed police is in their way. It was completely quiet. I hugged my brother and stood there until I heard the police sirens. My parents had called the police and when they came, the front door was open. There was nothing missing in the house, except the fact that there were scratching in the walls. And there wasn't any footsteps outside, even why it was snowing. Didn't found anything, but I had scary experiences later on. I had to go in hospital a week after, terrible nosebleed, night terrors and headaches, also terrible ringing in my ears. We found scratching outside our house, near the window that I checked. A human couldn't have done that. Was out hunting with my buddy on his property. We had to walk about a mile through the mud where the water was about a foot deep because it had just rained really hard. Took us forever just to walk one mile. When we got out to the deer blind, we opened the door to it and saw that one of the windows had been shot out and there was glass all over the floor. My friend said that the people that owned the property next to us were probably trespassing and found the deer blind, and shot it because they didn't like how it was kind of close to the property line. And that's why it's other humans I'm afraid of in the woods, not animals. Had someone started shooting at us right then and there, we would have had to shoot our way out. It would have been impossible to get away by running back through the swamp. When I was around 10-11 years old in primary school, year 5, my friend who lives next to a parkland showed us this cool hangout spot which is on top of a cliff in a small hole with a steep hill covered in trees on the other side so it was basically hidden to anyone who didn't know about it and didn't know how to access it. Anyway the first time he showed me and a group of friends the spot I spotted a piece of paper in a small rock crevice in the hideout, 
I unfolded it and there was some random writing which was hard to make sense of and seemed really random, despite it being in full sentences, however it was clear the writer was someone who referred to themselves as Ninja Hood Watch. As we were curious and didn't think much of it we left a piece of paper asking questions like who are you and all that, not that we expected anything to come out of it. We went back there at a later date not too long after to discover a new piece of paper had been left. I cannot remember the contents of any of the letters from either side very well but we exchanged notes in the rock crevice for a few months and eventually the person started to leave wooden knives that they carved for all of us in the rock crevice. When I was the only one left that hadn't got one yet I wrote every day after school to check the rock crevice for my knife and eventually I got one but because I didn't have pen and paper on me I didn't leave a thank you note which became the norm for every knife exchange and as a result that was the last contact we ever had with Ninja Hood Watch. Some creepy events during this time. I was not present for this event but two of my friends took a football up to the hangout spot and decided to go down the very steep hill covered in trees to the bottom where there was a river, leaving the football at the top of the hill of which you cannot see the hideout from the bottom. When they climbed back up the hill their football was up in a tree which freaked them out and they ran away. They later went back to the spot and found a note from Ninja Hood Watch saying that they were so close to him that he could have touched them. Meaning Ninja Hood Watch was hidden somewhere in the trees next to the spot watching my friends and messing with them. A note was left once in which Ninja Hood Watch said he dug up a dead body in the parklands. The final noteworthy event was when me and a friend were hanging out in the spot a man walked past the spot, staring at us. He was wearing a brown coat and had brown curly hair. We immediately thought that it may be Ninja Hood Watch since no one really walks along the cliff in the spot the hideout is. We later went back another day to find a note saying that the person was in fact him and that he walked to the end of the cliff and jumped off. It was a pretty tall cliff but obviously he was okay since he left another note when we left the spot after him seeing us. We never once spoke to Ninja Hood Watch only through letters and we only saw him that one time and it was clear he was much older than us, I'd say 25 to 35. To this day no one knows who he is and why he talked to us through notes for months and made us knives. From age 10 to 22, I grew up in a town that was too populated to be country but too deep in the woods to be a suburb. It was a little town called Monroe that, if you've seen Twin Peaks, you know what it's like. Small town with a disturbing undercurrent of drugs, people being murdered, the first episode of Forensic Files takes place there, exorcisms at an excommunicated church, a lady in white. Oh, and the Warrens who need no introduction. Around 2002, I was driving home from my friend's house a little after midnight and cut through a densely wooded part of town. As I made a turn, on my right side, was a large white figure that seemed to be hunched over or perched on a tree stump. If it was a man-sized, it had to be a very tall person, because in the four seconds I saw it reflected in my headlights, I'd say it was almost six feet with that forward posture. I want to say it had a bird-like face, but because I was going at speed and not expecting it, sometimes your brain fills in details. However, there was a shrill sense of panic when I saw it, pure flight or fight, and I gunned it all the way home. 
I told my friend about it the next day, nervously laughing it off, saying I definitely saw something but it could have been an egret or the world's largest barn owl or other bird and my brain just filled in too many details. Less than a week later, I saw it again in my review mirror when driving about a mile or two from the first sighting, this time during the day. Again, more bird-like than a person, but person-sized. Mostly white. Its face was largely featureless, no eyes, no mouth, but that odd nose that owls have before their beak. I broke out into a flop sweat and gunned it home again. I haven't seen it since but both those memories really shook me hard for a while. Local folklore from Malaysia and Indonesia. I've heard stories of this and has happened to a friend of a friend which I will elaborate later on. The folklore is about orange bunyan or bunyan people which is basically a type of entity or being that lives either in the spirit realm or another dimension, it's debatable. Orang bunyan is known for luring people who wander off into the forest. They would lure by mimicking sounds of your friend calling out for you when you wander far enough, they can also charm you with their looks literally. When you follow the charms you would either get teleported to an invisible bunyan village or the entity would hide you in the spirit realm where you can see and hear poopal but people can't see and hear you and you also can't move for some reason. There was a case where an old lady was hitted by the bunyan people on her own boat by a river. She said that she could see and hear the rescue team calling out for her but they couldn't hear her. She was literally hidden on the boat for a week before people found here in a week stayed on her boat. Also, the case about a friend of my friend that I mentioned earlier was also a bit strange where she didn't recollect herself being lost or missing. People reported her being missing for a week or four days, either, it was last year though. The report was that she got missing when she was bathing at a river with her friends and SBE suddenly disappeared. Some days later, People spotted her walking home in her towel and she was shocked that people were screaming and running towards her because people said she was missing for days and for her it felt for a few hours. You can actually google the stories of people being lured or hid by the Bunyan people. The cases happens all year long. Most of the news articles are either in Malay or Indonesian language but there is Google Translate option. In total honesty the creepiest thing I have seen is the droves of people from cities move here and completely disrespect nature. The selfishness of people who have disconnected from nature no longer belong. The littering the legislation the feeling like they are able to possess it it's weird and it's creepy. The next time you see a book telling you where you can find the best hot springs where you can find the best trails that are off the beaten path remember somebody is profiting off of something that they're sending people to in droves and when you do that it destroys it. The over-recreation of the rivers because people want to be a part of something is actually negatively impacting the fish the health of the riverbed's invasive species. It's really weird how somebody will be so focused on seeking their own joy that they're willing to destroy because rules can possibly apply to them. 